Well, if you can, if you have a Bible with you, turn in your Bible to Psalm 84. This is what we call a tweener. We are in between coming out of Acts and then a series in Thanksgiving. And we're getting ready to enter into a focus on Advent starting next Sunday. And many of us have probably said in preparation for this last week and the holidays, where did 2017 go? Well, I pray that you were blessed in 2017. And if that's a hard concept to wrap your head around, it is my goal, it is the Lord's goal to make sure that you realize how blessed you are before we leave today. Amen? So, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll go ahead and bring one to you if there's anyone that needs a Bible. And as you're thinking about that, I have a little thing I want to show you. The sermon today is titled, 10,000 Reasons. And I apologize, there are no sermon notes. Uh, we do need to be praying. Uh, Mike Redlick's mother fell ill um, while up in the Sacramento region. And she is uh, late in her years. Um, and the family is just praying for God's will in all of this. So I just encourage you to be praying. Uh, she is on life support. Um, and so Mike and Lynn and the, and the boys and, uh, and Mike's dad are facing some pretty heavy choices coming up here. Um, but they're at peace. They wanted me to pass that on to you. They're at peace with those choices. And the beautiful thing uh, about all of that, in, in the sense of blessing, 10,000 reasons today is what we're talking about. Um, Mike has shared this with many people in the past. Uh, and so I'm not, I'm not breaking any um, confidence here. But Mike had a sister and she was murdered, um, gruesomely murdered. And one of the things that was really a challenge for Mike's mom with God was obvious. How could this happen? How could this happen? And it was my privilege to hear Lynn talking over the past several months about how God was really creeping into Mike's mother's life. And Lynn just shared with me that recently... Uh, Joni uh, said specifically, I'm ready to forgive. Now, you don't forgive on that level unless the Lord is leading you to do so. So you can see why the family is saying maybe, maybe it's a good thing here of what's happening. So even in the span of the holidays, there are challenges, there are difficulties that we all face and Treya, we're praying for your family as well and all the things that have happened in, in your family. And for so many of you today, I think we need to hear a message about blessing, don't we? We are so blessed, but there's so much more beyond just talking about how we are blessed. And today I want you to think, I want you to walk away today with this idea of 10,000 reasons. Can I really come up with 10,000 reasons? And so imagine that this is your life right here, and these are blessings from the Lord. And so, 
I had a great Thanksgiving with my family. I was blessed. I got a promotion at home <laughs> to lead handyman. I had the best bacon yesterday. Amen. I got an amen on the bacon. I have a church that loves me. We keep having babies around here. I'll come back to this. So 10,000? That was, what was that count? Five? That was five. This morning we're going to look at blessings and how important this is. And I, I want to precursor what we're looking at starting with Ephesians 3, 20-21. Listen to these words by Paul because primarily we're going to be in the Old Testament today. He says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. There is so much within that statement of Paul. It really is a benediction. When you look at Ephesians, and I'm not going to get too far down this road, but there's two segments, and this is right in the middle. And, and there's, a, there's a parenthetical stop here that Paul does in his writing. We don't, we're not sure why, but it just is what it is. And so he's taking time to emphasize that God gives abundantly. Do you feel abundant? Do you feel filled up? Do you feel that because of the Lord? We'll continue on with that towards the end of our time today. Let's look at Psalm 84. This is a unique psalm, and I'll, I'll give you some breakdown on it in just a minute. Uh, as we do so, there are no sermon notes. I apologize, there are no sermon notes, but that's part and parcel to it being a, a shorter week and because of the challenges for Lynn's family. So scratch on the back of your bulletin, right in the back of your Bible. It's going to be so good, you're going to want to keep it for forever. So this morning we've got three key ideas when we look at 10,000 reasons out of Psalm 84. Now here's the fantastic thing. Your pastor doesn't know which psalm is which psalm. Or which song is which song. Because Psalm 84, as we read it, you're going to hear a song that you recognize. Later today we're going to sing a song that's out of Psalm 104. And you're thinking, Pastor, why did you not match these up? Well, because I really like the one song, 10,000 Reasons. But this passage is a beautiful, beautiful passage, how it's segmented. And it speaks to where we are today. It speaks to why we are here today. On a cursory level, you probably won't recognize it, but listen carefully with me. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yet faints, for the for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. 
Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts. My King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. There's the first of three comments on blessed in this chapter. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion as they go through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of Your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in You. Amen. Now, what's the backstory? The backstory is that the psalmist is speaking of a journey. And for many of us, we're in our own journey. I want to encourage you about your spiritual journey, not so much your physical journey. Using this statement, th this past Thanksgiving, we got into colloquialisms, right? Uh, around our Thanksgiving table. I don't know what happened at yours, but we just went for brilliance at ours. And uh, so it was all about where does, uh, you know, a statement like, now I can't remember any of them. Um, where, yeah, and the cat got my tongue right there. So where does cat got your tongue come from, right? And so we started, you know, Googling all these things and trying to figure out what's behind all these things. As we journey through whether it's, it's an event which was incredibly arduous for my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, and my wife, working so hard while the men were working increasingly hard on their observation skills <laughs> and their pre-meal prep. It really was a journey getting to the table and, and navigating and matriculating through all of the food and the conversation. And so I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, another colloquialism. Now, now you're going to do it all, all day long, all week long. But it is a bit of a journey, but think about in your own life, your journey. And our society uses that, that's almost become a colloquialism, Right? your journey. We hear about it all the time. And it could have different meanings to different people, but I encourage you today, when we talk about this, I want us to think in terms of what the psalmist is saying. And what he's describing is the journey for the pilgrim. The pilgrim, the Jewish pilgrim, traveling from around the Fertile Crescent area, from around Palestine and beyond, to get to Mount Zion, to get to the temple to worship. And see, for the individual pilgrim, this wasn't something where 
It was a local church. You had to go on a long journey. You had to save up on that journey. You had to travel in a caravan. And literally, you hear about, you hear about the road to Baca, right? And this was the famous pilgrimage road. And often there would be those that knowing pilgrims would pass through at certain times of the year. There would be those that would, would uh, sit on the outskirts ready to uh, come down upon a weary traveler or a stray and rob them. And so it was a little bit dangerous. Sometimes at the pilgrimage, it was extremely cold at night. And so you hear about how the psalmist says, you are the sun on this road. You are the shield on this road. Let's look at how this starts to break down. But the understanding, if you didn't hear the psalmist twice, he says, he emphasizes how great it is to be in the presence of God. Do we see that as a blessing? To gather together. I'm incredibly blessed to be gathered with you this morning. And this is exactly what the pilgrim is writing about. But take it just a little bit further. Extrapolate it out just a skosh. That's not a colloquialism. That's a jerism. All right? Take it out just a little bit further. That for that individual to go to the temple once, maybe twice a year, was an event. And that's where God resided. For us today, because of the cross, because of the resurrection, because of the Holy Spirit, where does God reside? In a temple? No. God resides with us. And so I fear that maybe a little bit of our challenge is because God resides with us, there's such a familiarization that it has lost its emphasis. We have lost touch with the blessedness of what it means to be in the presence of God. So let's look at these three components and what the psalmist is emphasizing. There's two uses here. Or actually, let me break it down as far as... uh, how this concept works under the blessed. And you're going to get a little bit of language today. Um, Not bad language, just Hebrew and Greek. Be careful, somebody might interpret that differently. But this word blessed is the word esher. And it actually comes from the Hebrew root asher. Does anybody know someone named asher? So that word simply means to be fulfilled, to be happy, to thrive. That's what is being stated when the psalmist says, blessed am I. Blessed am I. Or evoking a blessing upon the Lord. So he starts in verse 4, blessed are those who dwell in your house. The presence of God inspires the journey. How many of you were inspired this morning to journey from your house in your nice warm car to this nice warm place to get some nice warm donuts and warm coffee? There's a little bit of a challenge in all that we do, brothers and sisters. I pray that what you walk away with today is a warmth because you experience God, not because of the superfluous. All right? 
Now, the temple at that time was beautiful. The tabernacle was beautiful. Herod's temple was beautiful. There was no skimping when it came to the development and the construction and the ornate presentation of the temple. So, God desired that where the worshiping was happening, that it would be focused on Him, but it didn't mean that there wasn't some superfluous things. And yet, as some of those temples were seen as one of the greatest monuments mankind ever made, along with the Lord's help, what you hear from the psalmist is not about the walls of the temple or the, the ornateness of the tabernacle. It is all about the presence of God. The worshiper is blessed because they are pursuing the presence of God, which at the time of this writing was relegated to a specific place on earth. Brothers and sisters, we have such an advantage. There's 10,000 reasons there alone as to why we should praise God and feel blessed. We do not have to travel the road to Baca. That sounds like I'm saying Chewbacca. <laughs> now I've ruined it. So blessed are those who dwell in your house. You and I this morning are blessed because we are here together corporately in a gathering in a presence. And Scripture says where two or three are gathered, the Lord is in the presence of those. How much more so when a hundred of us are gathered? You and I are blessed this morning to be here. And I pray that coming to church is not a task, it's not an obligation, it is something that you desire and that your heart matches the heart of the psalmist here. You desire to experience a greater sense of God's presence than you can on your own because of corporate worship. This is what we strive for every Sunday. Secondly, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Verse 5. He gives strength in the journey. God gives strength in the journey. Do you find yourself at that point today? That in your journey, whether spiritual or physical, emotional, whatever it is, that you need strength in that journey? Well, the psalmist says that it is God who provides that strength. Let's look verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Remember that it is the gathering to the presence of the Lord that inspires the pilgrim. May that inspire us on a daily level to seek His blessing. To seek the blessing of the presence of God in our life. But as we do so, we know we're going to, we're going to hit formidable blockades. Sometimes it's just our health. Sometimes it's we didn't sleep well the night before. Sometimes it's our financial issues. Sometimes it's relationship problems. And suddenly we start to deviate off that road. We start to deviate in our journey. We slow down. We've lost our inspiration. Brothers and sisters, the psalmist has it right that when that desire and that strength comes from ourselves, 
it has great limitation. And all I need is the slightest little distraction and I've lost my inspiration. Do you understand what I'm speaking about? The psalmist keys in that the strength to continue the journey has to come from God. And that strength comes from understanding who God is and being so compelled to pursue Him because not only are you inspired by His own nature in who He is, but because of the relationship and seeing the blessings that He has bestowed on you time and time again, you are inspired to meet with Him. Many of you had Thanksgiving around a table where you were inspired. You were going to see someone you haven't seen for a while. And you were looking forward to that Thanksgiving day. My son came home and everybody, most pe- some people were inspired. <laughs> so inspired that we had this table that I think went the distance from Sally all the way to my father-in-law. And um, my son brought, ho- brought home for Thanksgiving three international students from China, from school. He's an RA there, and he wanted to make sure that they, were, they had a place for Thanksgiving. And Alan and Cindy were very gracious. And so my son had to give up time to, to go get people all the way from SFO on... Uh, on Thanksgiving Day, and I, here I am griping about it because I'm not getting enough time, and yet my son's doing exactly the right thing in his pilgrimage. And so when I thought about it, it blessed me. And, and then as dinner was ensuing, um, they were way down on the other end of the table, and much was happening, and much was going on. And the next thing I know, my wife was so blessed by the presence of my son, she picked up a roll, and she threw it at his head. The person who wasn't so blessed was one of the international exchange students who received the role upside his cranium, probably thinking this is an American tradition. I don't know what was going on, and I certainly don't know what was going on there, but it was a journey, and it was one that required strength at at the table. My son went to great lengths to bless other people. And it required going way out of the way. But we were inspired. We were inspired. We, we thought this is worth it because of reaching out to those who would not have a place to go. Right? The blessing of giving. The blessing of family. And then we were blessed right back to hear from these three students about how much Dylan means to them. And what a blessing that is. 10,000 reasons. Am I there yet? And so sometimes, brothers and sisters, it's hard. The psalmist sees it. He talks about it on this road. But what inspires him, what leads him, is this idea of being in the presence of God. Thirdly, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Verse 12. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Concluding thought. Exclamation point. This afternoon, will you face some decisions that are weighing on your journey? Will you be facing challenges that have ramifications, a ripple effect in the rest of your life? And yet, for many of us, will we consider asking the Lord of hosts, what does He desire for us? 
What has He prepared for us in our journey? What would He have for us? Trust is a very challenging thing, brothers and sisters. But the Lord has proven Himself over and over and over. Not just in Scripture, but definitely in Scripture. But as you step out in faith and you experience that trust in the Lord and you see the provision, you see the blessing, then you start to understand what it means to trust and you do it more. And it grows. And it grows. And now you start to understand what the psalmist is speaking about when he says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Amen? 10,000 reasons. This past, uh, or, or two weeks ago, I was reading in a, in a book that spoke about the 18 blessings that the Jewish nation would recite three times a day. Now, there's, there's some different things here that uh, I, I may not say. The Shmone Ezre is what it's called, and it's from the Amida. And this is what's recited in temple every day. It is the most valued prayer. And during the time of Jesus, this was recited three times a day. And do you know that the, the Hebrew word here, Shmone Ezre, means 18 blessings. And it, some say it goes back to the time of Ezra with the dedication of the, of the, uh, of the wall in the temple. So, in Jesus' time, the practice and the tradition, remember we talked about how Peter and John would go up to the temple for prayers? Or that they would rise in the morning for prayers? Uh, what Part of this idea of the 18 blessings is even in the morning when you rise, there's a, a feeling or a sense, and this comes from the, the Kabbalah, which is very mysterious, and, and uh, we're talking about extra-biblical uh, things, just a historical side mark here. Um, coming out of the, the Mishnah period of time. And what would happen is the Jews were taught that because of their sleep, the soul had disengaged with the body. And so at the very moment that you wake, you would recite these 18 blessings that would get your soul reconnected with God first and reconnected with your body so that you were at a proper position of blessing to start your day but see the jewish nation knew that there was much more going on with us that that gave you four hours to really get sidetracked four hours so during lunch they would recite the 18 blessings again and there's even a particular way that you stand you have to stand facing jerusalem your feet have to be together based off of a passage out of ezekiel and there's certain processions and and all of this is going on all to recite blessing. And then evening prayers, again, 18 blessings. Why? Why focus so much on blessing? Because I think it's in our nature not to. And so it has to be a discipline. And if for nothing else, that's why I mention these 18 blessings. Is that the Jewish nation understood being so familiar with the Psalms, they understood the need to be focused on blessing. Because see, if this container represents your, your heart, your life, there's only so much room in here. Now if I have filled it with blessings, what cannot exist? 
negative thoughts, toxic thinking, critical thinking, the wrong kind of critical thinking, and on and on it goes. It's by no mistake that I mention these 18 blessings, and then I want to read to you the following. Jesus stood on a hillside, and Matthew records these words speaking to Jews. One of the great discourses that we see in Scripture. And here is Jesus speaking to the Jewish nation before the cross. And what does He say? And He opened His mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Sorry, I lost it in the footnote area there. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, what do you do with this idea of blessed? What are we talking about? Well, Pastor Jeremy, wasn't he speaking in Aramaic? And wasn't this a time? It's not, no longer a time of Hebrew. That, you guys are so intelligent that you thought of that. So let me give you a, a breakdown of what he's using here as far as the Greek word. There's two concepts here. One is called uh, eulageo. That's to invoke a blessing on someone. The other is uh, makarios. And that is this, again, it's kind of a transliteration out of what we just studied out of Psalm 84. It's this idea of happiness, of fulfillment, of thriving. And this is what he is speaking. That there will be a sense of fulfillment. There will be a sense of steadiness. There will be a sense of contentedness. There will be a sense of happiness. When? When you're pure in heart. When you're a peacemaker when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Wait a minute, Pastor. Wait a minute, Jesus. You're saying that I'm going to be able to thrive. I'm going to be able to move forward with steadiness. I'm going to be able to stay on my journey. I'm going to be happy when I'm persecuted? Wow. How do I do that? You do that in the power of Jesus Christ. You do that not in your own power, but in His power that He promises, which is where we started in Ephesians. We'll get back there in a minute. But turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We're going to conclude with this thought this morning. We're going to be in 39 through 48. And this is a nice little segue into next week. All right, next week we start Advent. And so why not 
walk into this demonstration of these two forms of this word. Blessed as a proclamation. Blessed as a sense of where my spirit is. Right? And as part of our statement here, there's two key words here, exalt and edify, that really fit into this idea of being blessed or blessing others. And so here we have Mary having just heard that she would bear the child Jesus. Her cousin Elizabeth is already pregnant with uh, Jesus' cousin John, John the Baptist, and Mary decides that she needs to go visit her cousin Elizabeth. And so let's pick it up in verse 39. And it says this, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed, with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Do you think all three components of what we saw in Psalm 84 applies to Mary? Blessed because she was inspired. She should have been terrified. This would cost her her life. It would cost her her family. She would be estranged. And yet, when you read on and you see Mary's song, when you see her reaction in the preceding verses to Gabriel's announcement, to hear that she was favored among all women by God. Blessed. 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 And now her cousin sees her and prophesies and says, blessed are you, Mary, among all women. Tremendous. Because she's inspired by the presence of God in her journey. Next, she needs strength in her journey. And we can see that strength as she moves to her cousin. Her cousin served, her cousin's husband served as the high priest. That was dangerous territory, even though it's family, it's dangerous territory for her to go even visit her cousin. And yet the Lord gives her strength to do so. Gives her strength to travel on a road to the incarnation of Christ. And Elizabeth even indicates her trust in God. What a tremendous idea. But as we look, as we continue on, let's look at a little bit of Mary's song. So the blessed we have here is the, uh, is the eulogio. It is the proclamation, right? The proclamation. Elizabeth's proclamation of blessing on Mary. These are direct pronouncements of well-being upon an individual. This is when someone comes up to you and issues a blessing upon you. You are doing exactly what Elizabeth did. This is called edification. How many of you could use a little edification? 
And I pray that you're getting some. I pray that even around the Thanksgiving table, you receive some. If you didn't, let me encourage you, the more you do that to others, it will come back. Don't use that as your motivation. But the more that you put that into practice, the more you start to dissipate the very things that rob us of blessing. Right? There's only so much room in the soul. And the more you fill this with edification for others, the more it changes your very attitude on life. And it helps you in that journey. I encourage you, practice the kind of blessing that Elizabeth practices here. But let's look at Mary. When we look at the Makarios, she says this, verse 46, and Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That very presence that the individual writes of in Psalm 84. I am inspired by God and the presence of God. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call Me blessed. By the way, you don't have to just have the word blessed there. Earlier when Gabriel talks to Mary and he says, you have found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the same understanding. It's the same emphasis. It's the same intent. That we would know that we are blessed because of God. There is no greater fulfillment for the soul. This morning as I close, let me ask these three questions. What are your 10,000 reasons? What are your 10,000 reasons? Mary's exclamation is that she is blessed. It's a personal response reflecting one's happiness and understanding how fortunate they are. Their ability, as Kaiser would often say, to thrive. Let me give you three ways to build in your 10,000 reasons into your life in your pilgrimage, in, in your spiritual journey. Number one, exalt Him for things you have assumed or taken for granted. How many days do we go where we just assume what God has given to us? Or we feel like we've created all that on our own. This morning, I came with this message. I almost put my feet out of the bed before I started practicing the 18 blessings. What a tragedy. Here I am going to speak on this and I haven't learned. Start your day by using blessing to help you align your spirit, your soul with God so that you truly understand the blessedness of God rather than assume or take things for granted. Number two, exalt Him for the things that He has granted mercy from. Well now, pastor, you're asking me to really think. Mm -hmm. Look, how many of you were able to, don't raise your hands, but just a rhetorical question, how many of you were able to be around family this past Thursday or the weekend? Thursday morning, I went down to our infamous town square and uh, just took my guitar and just prayed, Lord, 
help me intersect with some people that they don't feel very blessed today. And I came upon person after person just by playing music. Not singing, because that wouldn't have blessed anybody, just playing music. <laughs> and person after person after person, just by using that tool, we engaged. And you know what's interesting is every single person I talked to that had nowhere to go or was alone talked about Jesus. You see, when you don't have, all of a sudden you realize what you truly need. And a big part of our problem is we have way too much. And so one of the ways that we can do this is by understanding and wrestling with what God has mercifully spared us from. Amen? So there's the second way that we can exalt and say, bless the Lord, O my soul. Exalting Him for the deeper things. The power within you to do far more. That sounds like a Tony Robbins commercial. I don't realize, I can't believe I didn't see that when I wrote it. That is horrible. That is ridiculously bad. I did not say that. I did not. Some of you are like, what's wrong with Tony Robbins? Nothing. Tony's a great guy. But guys, we're supposed to be talking about Scripture here. So I'm going to recalculate this. Exalt Him for the deeper things. The things that speak to your soul. The things that speak to your soul. Brothers and sisters, I didn't hear anything in the psalmist's language that talked about his donkey breaking down and he needed prayer for his donkey. What are you talking about, Pastor? Yes, thank you, Sally. In the majority of prayer meetings around the United States, we always ask for our car to be healed somehow. Or that our kids would get into a certain college. Or, and you're like, oh great, he's going to keep going, he's going to hit one that, that, no, I'll just stop. So I can bless you for the things I'm not going to say. See how that worked? Think through those things that are deeper. Really wrestle with them. And when you do that, you suddenly realize that your soul is full. And when your soul is full with 10,000 reasons, it changes your life. It changes your life. Now, we're only at five. So somebody say uh, something you were blessed by this week. Our church. Our church. Thank you, Fernando. <laughs> now, here's a great point. <laughs> like, we have so many blessings, we just need to stop. No. What does the psalmist say? My cup, what? That's the only thing you're going to remember from this entire message. <laughs> Good, because you know what it means. Now we have a problem. The floor is wet. <laughs> is that such a problem? But sometimes we hold back because we're a little worried about being messy, right? In blessing people. I got a better solution. Here's some other souls. Now, if I want to continue, honestly, it's really bothering me that the water has overflown. <laughs> I got to tell you, my nature is I hate spills, so I'm really pressuring myself. 
Now, if I want to keep experiencing blessing, watch what happens. Oh, Julie, Bobby, thank you guys so much, Bobby. You, you tremendously helped us in worship a few months ago and then helping us with, um, you know, the computer stuff. And now you're going to do our body life announcements today so Pastor Jeremy doesn't mess them up. Julie, you helped us tremendously a year ago make our jubilee come together and happen. You both are raising two beautiful kids. You drive all the way from the other side of Valley of Baca to get here for church. <sighs> you guys bless me. Jay, Jay and Carly, you guys bless me incredibly because of your faithfulness to the Lord and your service to the Lord, but also because how many years have you been married? Oh, no. 54 years. That's inspirational to me. Treya, you're, <laughs> yeah. your family's going through an extremely hard time. And you bless me because so many people get quiet when that happens. But you shared with your church family so we can help you guys and uplift you. So I want to bless you and say thank you for acknowledging what God does and acknowledging that it's through the Lord's power, just like the psalmist traveling on the valley road. You bless me. Oh, look what happened. Ah. For 11 years, my brother-in-law has stood during the entire service, taking three Sundays off in 11 years in order that this message might go out to the world around us. And lastly, I'm a little thirsty. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not holy water. It came out of the tap. This morning, I leave you with this visual. The power of blessing is tremendous. Don't pass by it too quickly. Practice it in your own life. Build it into your life and share with others. Because we are blessed beyond all things. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Find your 10,000 reasons. Let me close in prayer. Father, this morning may we be enriched, may we be encouraged thinking about our own journeys. Help us to understand how we can have 10,000 reasons and more as to why we are so blessed under Your hand. Help us remember that You are the God that gives abundantly far beyond what we could possibly imagine. And it is in Your power that we are able to do what You have asked us to do. Thank You, Lord God. To You be the glory. Amen.